Have you ever wondered what it would be like to be a great actor on stage or television? Do you wish you had an acting coach to help you get to the next level? Or maybe you just have a great idea for a movie, series, or play, but aren't quite sure where to start? Well, you are in the right place, my friend. My name is Sam Prince, and I am the director of a production company here in Grand Rapids, Michigan, and have been an actor for over 30 years. I've directed and written plays and screenplays and taught many acting classes. This podcast is your place to learn how to move forward with your career in acting, theater, film, playwriting, screenwriting, and much more. There will be inspiring conversations with special guests as well. So welcome to the Creativatorium Podcast and action! So welcome, welcome, welcome to the Creativatorium Podcast. I am your host, Sam Prince, and I am so excited to have my guest today because <laughs> I've been meaning to talk to her for, what, months now, I think. Yeah. It's been a while. Yeah, it has. It has, yes. Teresa Harris, thank you for joining us. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. I'm so excited to have you. Um, so and it took me a while to pronounce or to actually say creativatorium. <laughs> I had to, it's like a word that you have to get a running start. <laughs> it is a tongue twister. It is a tongue twister. Yeah, yeah. I probably should have come up with something shorter, but hey. I think it's awesome. I, I love it. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. So we we met really through Facebook Messenger. You messaged me about the Frederick Douglass play and everything, right? I did. I was doing research for the Frederick Douglass segment of the Quincy Armstrong show, which we'll talk about. And yep. um, I was looking at YouTube because YouTube is such an amazing source of everything. And I ran across, I think this was divine intervention. I ran across your interview with, uh, I think, maybe a local station. TV station, yeah. Yep. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, wow, this is amazing. And because I, I wanted to, I was excited to find that you, you were working on a, a project involving Frederick Douglass. So I was eager to find out more about that. Yeah, yeah. Well, here we are. I'm so glad to meet you because you are doing amazing things. Really amazing things. I'm very impressed with what you're doing. Well, thank you. I'm trying. And um, I just feel it's important to educate people on history, especially aspects of history that they don't know or had not heard or didn't get in school, um, right. because our school system doesn't do the greatest job of, of telling us our story. Right. No, they do not. No, they do not. So speaking of story, perfect segue, let's talk about your story and tell the listeners all about Teresa Harris, where she started, where she found the love of acting, writing up to now. Okay, um, it's like most things that have happened to me, I've kind of fallen into it. It wasn't like I sought it out or anything like that. Uh, for a long, long time, um, the most I did with 
the arts was writing poetry. And um, one day a friend of mine, a coworker, uh, again, I believe that things happen for a reason that you're put into oh, certain places and you're introduced to certain people for reasons beyond what you initially know. And I um, was working at uh, a local college and I ran, I met this gentleman who was always also working there, who was a playwright. And someone had asked him to produce one of his plays. He, he had never actually directed a play or, or, or actually put on a play. He had just written them. And um, of course, I had never even written a play. So he asked me, um, he said, okay, you're going to help me with this. And I'm like, I don't know anything about it. He says, neither do I. We'll be the blind leading the blinder. So, um, <laughs> so we, uh, we, we decided we wanted to do this. Uh, we actually produced it. It was fun. I was bitten by the, um, the, the theater bug. And okay. it so happened, what, what his play was about, it was about four generations of African-American men um, from slavery to present day. And um, I think each, wow. he, he skipped maybe, I think every personality he did was like two generations uh, removed from the previous uh, okay. person. So anyway, um, it was all male. So I was so taken with this. I said, you know, we were both like, why don't you do a female version of it? So that was my first play. It was called From the Valley to the Peak and Still Climbing. His play was called uh, Climbing the Mountaintop When There's Nowhere Left to Walk. And so his was the male version. Mine was the female. And so um, I had- in, And you uh, wrote that? I did, I did, and um, mm -hmm. I have to send you a copy of the script. Yes, um, yes. But it started out with the enslaved um, matriarch of the family, and then it skipped a couple of generations, and we found ourselves, um, or, or I found uh, uh, myself writing about a character in, uh, I believe, like the twenties or thirties. It talked about. Uh, learning to read or being educated in the fight to for education and the fight to to have have some semblance of, of value beyond what we didn't have as enslaved right. people so um and then uh, the third one was set the third character was set in the 70s and so we're going through that this uh the civil rights uh, kind of post-civil rights movement um mm. uh everything that was kind of going on in in the late 60s early 70s and then um finally present day so um wow. it was it was empowering it was it was about it was looking at uh this whole uh black experience from the female perspective right right and, now um, are they are they monologues yeah. Yes, sorry they They're are monologues. monologues. They sure are. Okay. Yeah. So okay. they were, I think each about 20 minute monologues, which was a wow. challenge. I admired Ooh. my um, actresses. They took on the challenge and rose to the occasion. They did an amazing mm. job. And in fact, it's, it, I hope to do that one again. But that was my first, the first play that I had actually written. Okay. Then, um, That's great. From there, I, I, I directed my first play. Um, in 2014, 2014, 2015, I'm sorry. And um, that was a play that was written by the guy that had gotten me into plays in the first place. So I directed his play because he, he was a writer, but not a director. I didn't okay. enjoy that part of it. Never directed before, other than helping him direct that other play. Uh, but 
I'm I'm always one to take on challenges, and especially if someone tells me I can't do something, that motivates me. So um, several people had said, um, "You can't do this. You you know you've never directed before. You can't do it." I'm like, "Okay, watch me." And um, <laughs> it was it was it was it's funny because I perhaps don't direct in the formal or traditional way that you're supposed to direct, but I get the job done. And I've been blessed to surround myself with um, very competent individuals who have helped me achieve the goals that I set out to achieve. Well, you, okay, that is awesome. But you got to go back to what you just said. How do you direct uh, in your fashion? Um, that's a good question. Because uh, <laughs> I, I never really analyzed it. But um, whenever I work with people who have had more experience, they'll often say, well, in traditional theater, you don't necessarily do it this way. Um, I've had okay. people say that perhaps I coddle. Uh, my actors a little too much and you know if okay. if they're struggling I really want to work with them and and I try to do whatever I can so perhaps I spend a little too much time um, uh, working with them. the people that I work with are not professional actors their community members often don't get paid uh, for right. acting and so I feel like if they need an extra bit of hand-holding or walking through, you know, I, I will take the time to do that and um, I'll do whatever it, it takes uh, yeah. to, to, to make it happen. For sure. But yeah, but For probably sure. just, you know, just taking a little bit more time um, with the production okay. and then perhaps okay. most productions take. But, um, but yeah, I just, whatever it, ha whatever I have to do to get it done, I get it, I All do right. All right. Okay. All right. So now we're in like 2015, right? Yeah. Yeah. I um, directed a play called An Accident Waiting to Marry, which was so much fun. And that's a play. It was written by my uh, colleague, but I would love to take this play to another level. Uh, maybe take it on the road. Uh, maybe we were even talking about maybe uh, putting it into film version or, or I don't know, maybe figuring out how we could submit it for um, consideration for a, a TV series or whatever, because it's about four men who, um, it reminds me of a female, I'm, I'm sorry, a male version of friends, um, not friends, girlfriends, girlfriends. Okay, um, okay. I don't know if you're familiar with, are you familiar oh, yeah. with that show? Of yeah, course. it reminds me of that. It's these four guys who uh, met in college, uh, and have they would spend these uh, weekends wilding out and then but they continued okay. to do it until they uh, got a little too old to do it and then there was always one who wanted to continue to do it he was kind of a womanizer sure. and his sure. womanizing ended up getting one of his married friends in trouble so the story takes it from there and the, the antics okay. and the craziness that goes on um with you wrote that too that they find themselves into no this was written by d brown who uh is oh, a playwright who got me who introduced me to um to theater that's right and he'd be that. a great okay. person yeah. to talk to as well he um he he writes and uh he's he's a great playwright but he helped me yeah, to get started you. and gave me gave me the launch that i needed but yeah. um but yeah but that that's the only play that i've directed that was not um a play that I had written. Right. Um, okay. I've um, written for, I, I love doing historical vignettes. So I've written for um, 
Poplar Forest, which is Thomas Jefferson's second home. His primary home is um, Monticello in Charlottesville, Virginia. His secondary home is Poplar Forest here, not far from Lynchburg. And um, okay. I, I was commissioned to write vignettes. They, they, they decided that uh, instead of just talking about Thomas Jefferson and all the great things he did, they wanted to acknowledge that there were other people on the plantation besides Jefferson, people who lived there, died there, uh, raised right. their children there. So I was very right. happy about that, that they wanted to showcase um, the enslaved community that resided all the time there. And sure. so um, there were some, they had little tidbits of stories um, like, uh, I guess slave owners would keep some records of what happened or the overseer would keep certain records of how many people were on the plantation, how many um, births, how many deaths, illnesses, things like that. Um, if they were having issues with a enslaved person, um, all these stuff they, you know, they recorded and kept track of. So we, they took the bits, the tidbits of stories that they had on record. I am looking for two types of creative cats. I'm looking for people who want to learn how to act or want to improve their acting skills. I provide acting and audition coaching for every level. But I'm also looking for all those creative cats out there who have a play or a screenplay idea, or maybe you're just stuck and need help writing your masterpiece. I can help you with that too. Just go to samber.productions, that's S-A-M-B-E-R.productions, and click coaching and all your options are right there and we will achieve your goals together it's never too late all right let's go we they took the bits the tidbits of stories that they had on record said here Teresa this is what we know about these particular people what can you do and so I developed stories around what information they provide me about these particular individuals and it's, wow. been, uh, it's been wonderful because um, I'm, I write late at night. I, I, for some reason, the creative juices for me don't flow until 2 a.m. in the morning. <laughs> so, um, so I usually start writing then. And it's like something else, else takes over. And I know this sounds kind of crazy, but it's like um, when I write um, at that time, it's like the people that I'm writing about, the characters, it's like they they become actively involved in the writing. Um, it's because often after I'm finished with a project and I'll read it and I'm like, wow, did I write that? You know, it's, it just seems <laughs> like something else took over. Sure, sure, of course, that. that's awesome. <laughs> but that's um, awesome. so we've been doing that. I've been doing that for about four, four or five years now. Um, each year we uh, choose a new a uh, story to write about a new personality mm -hmm. on the plantation to write about. We may do, mm -hmm. we do usually three stories, um, mm -hmm. two of which were probably previously done and then I always add a new one. So okay. we have a compilation of about six or seven, eight stories right now about the enslaved uh, and they're well received. So uh, and it's a diverse audience. Um, they seem to welcome the information and it is based on actual characters. There was one lady um, who came to a production who was the great-granddaughter or great-great-granddaughter of an overseer 
who had been involved in one of my stories. And that was so moving because she received uh, it well because her, her relative was not favorably presented in this right, right. Um, because he didn't behave well. So, um, yeah. <laughs> but she received yeah. it. She received it as being um, truth. And, yeah. uh, and I, I had much respect for that because a lot of people have yeah. a hard time with that. They but, do, um, they do. Even with Frederick, like I had these two, they were probably 80 years old, white ladies, uh-huh. you know, just cry, just crying, you know, like, why do we te- why do we treat human beings like that? I mean, they were just so emotional, you know, and it's just, it's just great to, to feel that and, and hear that and, and know that, you know, we're doing the right thing. Yeah. When you can reach people like that, you feel like, yeah, your job is, is, is done and you've done it well. Right. Right. And and that's yeah. always my goal is to try to um, educate as well as entertain. And I try the thing I love about this is that you can deliver hard messages um, in kind of a safe environment because you're not um, people don't have to respond. You're not pointing them out specifically. You're not right, um, no. you know they have to deal with whatever's <clears throat> going on within them. You know, if they've got right, some issues exactly. that cause guilt, that's that's something they have to work on. But theater, I think, is a beautiful way to get a message across or deliver um, some type of of important. Um, yeah. Just deliver, deliver, deliver a message to people, right. and, and tell the story that maybe you wouldn't otherwise be able to tell if you were just having a one on one conversation with someone. All right. Okay. And then. So- I evolved yeah, <laughs> into um, the Quince. Well, I also, um, I've done for, it'll be, this will be my third year. I work with a local cemetery who also has um, for several years now d- done um, what they call candlelight tours. And that's uh, usually in October. It kind of goes with the Halloween um, spirit. Okay. Uh, it's done at night. You're, you're actually walking through a cemetery Uh, Every now and then, every so many steps, you'll meet someone who was buried in that spot. They will come alive and um, we will, uh, uh, usually they're monologues. Sometimes you'll have two person um, productions, but they tell their story and um, they make sure uh, in this particular, it's Old City Cemetery. And in this particular cemetery, you have a lot of like Civil War um, people buried there. Oh my God! That is genius. Yeah, you have a lot of African Americans buried there, and a lot of children of buried there. Yeah, mm-hmm. whose idea yeah. was that? I don't know. This has been going on for a while. Um, yeah. I think it's brilliant, but it's a brilliant way brilliant. to tr- to bring traffic into the cemetery, um, yeah. and and get revenue for the cemetery because they charge for mm-hmm. these, and they mm-hmm. the the they always sell out. And they do it over the course of about two weeks. And okay. um, like Thursday, Friday, Saturday, I think they do uh, about seven, uh, uh, whatever you call it. They do, they, they, do, they do it seven times each story. Okay. I mean, each, yeah, okay. each, each okay. not seven times. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, they do seven, about seven showings per night. Seven showings, okay. Yeah. Okay. So wow. each, each little vignette is about 10 minutes. And you go around, you have a tour guide who's also a ghost, uh, and they'll take you around the cemetery and you meet these people who are buried there. Um, in wow. many cases, very prominent people. And I've wow. told the story of uh, several African-Americans who are buried there. 
And um, uh, that is really moving. Because some sure. of the that's very, amazing. very poignant. So it's it's been That's fun so cool. That. Yeah, I think I thought that was I don't know whose idea it was, but it's a great idea. Um, it is a great idea. And then um, I uh, do the Quincy Armstrong show, which right. evolved from uh, needing to do something for Black History Month. And mm-hmm. um, the this no, this was back in 2015. 2015 is when we did the first one, and I was a member first of. One. An organiza- a Black theater organization called Black Theater Ensemble, who had been in existence for quite a while. They're currently not active, but they um, wanted to do something a little different that for Black History Month, other than the lectures and the, you know, the things people traditionally right. do. And uh, yeah. so uh, I came up with the idea, along with another uh, member of the um, theater ensemble, I mean, the theater organization, we decided to do a um, program called the Quincy Armstrong Show. And uh, I thought, it would be cool to have a fictitious talk show host interview um, people throughout history. And Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. that's how that evolved. Uh, I can't say I came up with the name. Um, My my, uh, colleague came up with the Quincy Armstrong show. I came up with the concept though of the talk show. And so um, we had done it live for several years. And um, then of course COVID came along and I thought, well, it, let's still do it. Let's not do it. Let's not not do it. Uh, it does right. not, let's not do it. Yeah, um, uh, let's do it differently. And so we uh, did it in the virtual format, and which is really more like a talk show anyway. So we film it. Um, we do it pretty much. We kind of follow the playbook for a talk show. We have the, the guest and then we have like musical entertainment, which also gave me an opportunity to showcase the local talent. Um, As with most cities, there's a lot of amazing talent that often does not get seen uh, or heard. So uh, I said, you can do several things. You can do the historical um, portrayals, but you can also give local talent an opportunity to show their their gifts. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so we've mm-hmm. been doing that um, for 20, uh, since 2015. We may have skipped a year or two, but for, for the most part, we've been doing it pretty consistently. Uh, and we've done everybody from Harriet. Uh, no, we didn't do Harriet Tubman. We did Sojourner Truth. We've done Fannie Lou Hamer. We've done Malcolm X, uh, James Brown. The list just goes on and on. Okay. Wow. Wow. And it's, and it's every Black History Month. Uh, yes, we've done it pretty much for every year, except like I said, we missed a couple of years, but right, for right, the most exactly, part, right, yeah. we've done it for Black History Month each year. That's so great. Yeah. And, um, yeah, and ultimately, I hope to expand it maybe into the um, school system, because I think it's a great way to teach young people about history, especially Black history, uh, do it in an entertaining way um, that they can Absolutely. get engaged with. Yeah. Yep. And you know what? That's I'm so see. This is why God is good because I really wanted to talk to you about that. And let's make a note to talk about that after this because I love to get Frederick. You know, I just got the video of it, mm-hmm. and I, I haven't even looked at it yet. But I'd love to get that in the schools as well. So if I can get yours, the Quincy Armstrong show up here, yeah. We'd that love it. Awesome. We, we'd love it. Um, and would you be interested in doing a live version or the virtual or? Um, for the Quincy Armstrong show? Mm-hmm. Let's talk. Let's talk. <laughs> right. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, 
Yeah, let's talk. Okay, sounds good. There's so many yeah. things we can do with that. That's what I like about it is it's not um, confined to any one type of thing. You can do so much with that um, yeah. particular project. Right. Yeah, and it's so informative and things that I mean, it, it should be in schools. I agree. Honest. I agree. It should be in schools. Yeah. We're we learning about all these other folks. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. that's that's my goal with that. I definitely hope. All right. Yeah. All right. That's great. Well, looking at the time, I think that we should probably stop here. Okay. And we'll do part two. Um, you know, between you and I, in, in a couple minutes. Okay. But everybody else has got to wait a whole week. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah, because we got we still got lots to talk about. Wow, the time went by really fast. I know. I, I know. That's a lot for an introverted person. <laughs> <laughs> You're not introverted today. <laughs> yeah, great. Okay, so we'll end it here. Thanks, okay. everybody, for listening to us. Thank you, Teresa Harris, for joining me. I can't wait to talk about part two. See y'all. Hey, hey, hey. Thank you for listening to the Creativatorium podcast. Again, my name is Sam Prince, and it is my honor to be your host. And thank you so much for listening. I would also be honored if you could leave a review on Apple Podcasts and say some nice things about what you just heard. And definitely please listen every week. We come out every Tuesday. Also, for more information about coaching classes, workshops, and upcoming productions, please check out our website, samber.productions. That's S-A-M-B-E-R dot productions. And you can also subscribe to our newsletter. And remember... All the world's a stage.